Welcome to The Art of Social Media, a podcast by Social Pilot. We host in-depth discussions with world-leading social media marketing experts that will help you discover the techniques, strategies, and skills you need to use to grow your business using social media. Now, here's your host, Tejas Mehta. Is there a playbook for B2B brands for social commerce? Uh, and I understand it's not, you know, consumer is not going to come on the social media and just buy the product from there. But is, is there like a play or an influencer mechanism for them? You know, I would say it's more so not exactly about social commerce, and but more about developing an effective lead gen strategy through performance marketing. Because in that sense, you know, you, you often have an information product, uh, not always, but often, uh, you know, people are trying to get some information, you're trying to qualify leads, there's very little from a B2B perspective, it's rare that you're just going to, you know, close somebody's sight unseen, right? So I would say it's really much more so about that doing a lot of ad testing and figuring out what works. And I've actually seen a number of brands that have told me <laughs> that they've because you can do everything and because you can test everything. Sometimes you can have analysis paralysis where you try to do so many different creatives, so many different things at the same time that it's impossible to figure out what exactly is the, like the best approach, right? You know, like they're they're testing uh, audiences at the same time as they're testing creative at the same time as they're testing landing pages that they're connecting to. So I know this isn't quite the answer about the social commerce, but it's really the performance marketing is not to bite off more than you can chew, like we were talking about before and really trying to test one or two things at a time and then move on, you know, keep on getting some interesting observations and then building it into your social and lead gen strategy, um, you know, which is really the closest thing I'd say that, that a lot of B2B brands get to from a social commerce perspective. Interesting. You talk about performance marketing. Uh, we are in Q1 of 2023. Uh, do you see people spending less on ads because of the economic threats and the you know idea of recession etc is are you observing the trend so yes and no i would say i i think that people are spending differently on ads and it really differs from an industry to industry perspective even after this i'm actually going to write a piece on how uh, automotive insurers have changed the way that they spend recently but for instance we were just covering recently a major performance marketing platform raising another 76 million. You know, this is something that is happening more and more where you see there are major MarTech uh, companies that are getting funded, that are, you know, signing major deals. But there's definitely more people who are focused on the bottom of the funnel. Uh, that can, generally speaking, that can uh, wind up being... I guess you could say like a challenge to them in the long term. It's not necessarily the right move, I'll just say, just because if you have the budget and you can build the brand awareness, then when you come out of this, you know, whatever it is, malaise, recession, whatever you want to call it, doesn't matter what you call it. Uh, some people are concerned about, uh, you know, which direction the economy is going. And because of that, they're going to spend a little bit differently. But ultimately, we're seeing people are shifting budgets around. Some industries are a little bit more spooked than others. But actually, most of the people that we're speaking to are pretty confident about the second half of the year. Considering uh, some of the stuff we've gone through recently, I would say that that's, uh, that's pretty you know heartwarming and optimistic and good news. That's good to know. Uh, let's hope this doesn't turn out to be a bigger damper. 
otherwise uh, uh, i see a lot of companies suffering a lot of people call you futurist as well because of the ideas that you bring in the trends that you see and the articles that you write uh, what do you see is the future of social media where are we heading oh my god so yeah that's another nice broad broad question but i mean i think that we're 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 entering an era where there's a definitely a lot more regulation that's going to be part of the conversation there's going to be a lot of uh AI, assistive ai in terms of helping us uh post creative create creative so kind of like a lot of guidance and then you're going to have a human being who's going to work on approving certain ads or disproving certain ads uh, i think that you'll see maybe some more kind of protectionist perspectives out there you know like obviously the tiktok and china type of thing you know uh versus some major social platforms that are us based that have shared data with the us government uh, that's being viewed in a kind of different light right so that's what i mean by protectionist so that could uh maybe pose some differences some challenges for companies that aren't from china but are from elsewhere right so yeah i mean i think that it's going to be a really interesting area to continue to follow just because there's so much that's unfolding right in front of us right now interesting so we saw how people shifted from facebook to instagram and then from instagram to then youtube and then tiktok right uh, what is the next platform or rather you know what would the next platform look like i think one of the things that, i mean of course it's it's an interesting question only in the sense that i mean if it if everybody knew then somebody would clearly create it and generally speaking all i can say is the next platform tends to have attributes that the the last one didn't and that allows somebody to see something that that was not directly in front of like a meta that was not directly in front of like snap and as a result those companies are all playing catch up and i think actually you know the metaverse there was a lot of discussion around it there's so much excitement then uh, people started laughing at it and i think that they're very way too quick to uh, count something like that out when you look at the fact that despite inflation and despite a lot of economic concerns vr headsets are still doing quite well i think that there were some really good ideas not necessarily good ex execution on the idea of metaverse being the next social media when you have an immersive world where people can spend a lot of time and if you can monetize that as a advertiser because people feel so incredibly immersed in in this world do i think that people are going to be in vr you know 10 11 hours a day anytime soon definitely not but could it be the next iteration of social media potentially only because it looks so incredibly different than the things that came before which means that it's going to probably wind up being a new player not an entrenched player that's going to uh, you know solve for it but isn't that virtual world already here like for example if you look at fortnite or call of duty right kids spend hours and hours in the game and uh, they kind of in a way network as well with a lot of people they have their own virtual worlds and communities and festivals and stuff going on isn't the metaverse already here i think yeah i think it is here to an extent although if we're thinking about it as broadly speaking as like a next immersive people are kind of using it right now as gaming right it's gaming but people sometimes hack experiences like Roblox and Fortnite to make them more social and i think that there could very well be a future where people have totally immersive experiences where it says if they're seeing their friends 
and not just playing games, you know, where they're doing other things like doing their banking in the metaverse, doing a lot of different applications as opposed to just doing one thing. Now, the to if we're going to say like, oh, is it is it here? Sure, it's here. But if I was talking to you in, you know, a year or two after Twitter launched, we might be saying, hey, I think that Twitter thing might be the next big social media, right? It sometimes the, the the next big thing is already here. It's just that not enough people are paying attention to it, or they're uh, underestimating its long term viability. Interesting. So metaverse seems to be one such thing that people have discarded too easily and too quickly. Are there any other hidden gems that people are underestimating, in your opinion? It's a really interesting question. I think that probably one of the things that you know we just mentioned Twitter. And there was some really interesting reporting where we we were actually covering this thing uh, that has not been really officially discussed. It's been discussed uh, just a, a little bit, but uh, this idea that Meta was trying to create a Twitter, a decentralized competitor to Twitter, I wrote about that in mid-March, and it's codenamed P92. And I think the idea was, what if you could have a text-based, very, very simple social utility that didn't have uh, like any of the toxic stuff that, uh, you know, is being people say is on Twitter. It is on Twitter. I don't want to say people say because it's factually on uh, Twitter. And I think that, you know, sometimes we're overlooking things that, like you said, you know, things that maybe that have been past their prime. And if you can, if you're if you can basically create something that is akin to all the good things about Twitter, and none of the bad things. Does it take over the world? No. Uh, but is it something that's worth existing uh, in the future? Yes. And then what we see is that there's been more and more, I want to say, like, you know, media consumption is everywhere these days. You know, it's attention is split. And I would absolutely expect more social media platforms and apps and utilities in the future as opposed to less because. There's no real reason that people have to choose. You can easily be on multiple social platforms at the same time. There's probably an upper limit of like really, really major apps, but I think that we're nowhere close to to it yet. So I think that you will probably see more and more competitors just try new things like that. Interesting. Hear me out, right? The AI, generative AI that everybody's talking about, AI can create images, AI can create text, and it can create like... Uh, output that sounds uh, intelligent, right? What if uh, the new platforms are like flooded with AI bots, right? And it's going to be difficult to figure out whether this is like a bot because the AI kind of publishes pictures and status updates and stuff like that. Wouldn't that kind of, you know, make the social networks not so interesting place to be? Well, no. Okay. I like that you're arguing there, but I'll just say, uh, just to push back a little bit, a lot of people have said that, you know, Elon Musk complained about bots on Twitter. There are a lot of known bots on Twitter that provide a lot of utility. And I think that the same thing is going to be true about AI is that if you can have some really effective AI that is labeled, and that's like a key thing that I think you're getting to is something disclosed to something labeled. If it is, then, and people can get utility out of it, then cool. They don't care. They're happy and totally fine with it. The idea that like a new platform would be inundated with bots like this, as opposed to an existing platform, though, that's the part where I would say, I mean, it's all about where the incentive structure lies. If you have a major multi-billion dollar corporation, 
that is being penalized by having a lot of bad stuff on their uh, platform. And here I'm saying bad stuff means, you know, uh, AI that's not disclosed, that is spammy or junk or whatever. If they're incentivized to get rid of that stuff, they will get rid of that stuff. And, uh, you know, it's it's just all about like whether or not they're forced to, you know, does the average user care that much? And I would say they probably do care and they're going to go wherever they have the best experience. Interesting. Yeah. That's an interesting area that I kind of keep on pondering about, but uh, I like the perspective that if there's a utility, you know, people are going to kind of appreciate that. So that makes a lot of sense. I'll take a step back again uh, to social commerce. And you talked about WeChat in China, like the chat app where a lot of commerce exists. If it's so successful in China, why is it not replicated in the US or any other parts of the world? Yeah, so a lot of it kind of boils down to a a perfect example is if you look at the, I always give this example of the uh, market in South Korea, you know, because I've worked uh, with them pretty extensively. And ultimately, you kind of see like there was a lot of mobile commerce that was happening more in South Korea uh, rather than in the States. And this was like early on when I was brand side and I was trying to figure it out. And then I learned that, well, ultimately the whole entire market for laptops didn't evolve in the exact same way. And, you know, due to a number of different factors, including the fact that the people got to be more affluent at the right time, right around when mobile phones started to get, you know, come out and smartphones started to come out particularly. So because of that, their consumption patterns kind of got locked in a certain way, which meant they were more comfortable uh, sooner doing mobile transactions. And we we had, uh, you know, some of the brands that I managed, we had better mobile conversion rates from South Korea than the US. And, you know, the Americans didn't understand it. But once you really get, un, you know, under the hood of a particular market, then you start to uh, understand it more. So if you think about the fact that there are a few super apps that got to be really popular, such as WeChat, what these apps are, and I'm kind of saying broadly speaking, they're almost these big portals where they're a portal to the web and a lot of things happen within that portal. So you can think of it as like a chat app, but the reality is a lot of different things happen. A lot of people got used to transacting in a certain way there, which then means that the brand started putting a lot more money into that rather than traditional e-commerce, which then meant that the purchasing experience Not only did you get used to it, but brands were optimizing for having a really smooth experience within the app to transact within the app versus, you know, on the e-commerce website, right? So users get used to it. The brands keep optimizing. And before you know it, uh, you start to see very different, uh, you know, consumption patterns evolve in each market. But frankly, I mean, if you if, if for anybody who travels a lot, I feel like we shouldn't be surprised, right? Every single culture is very different. They've all evolved from different places. And the same thing is true with the digital consumption habits. Interesting. Yeah. A nice perspective on what is available and you know how people optimize it. And ultimately, yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. WeChat is just a portal to the web rather than kind of, you know, beat uh, one stop solution. Uh, that's that's very interesting. Jerry, what are you reading about now? What's on your mind? What's the future that you kind of uh, like to read about? Yeah, I mean, wow, there's a lot. I, I think obviously AI has been so much in the news now. So that's something that I'm looking to see kind of broadly speaking. Some of the issues that you brought up before, 
And then also, how does it affect content marketing, you know, and people's writing of blogs? And if bloggers are not trying to promote their stuff on their own blogs, because, you know, uh, that whole entire market goes away, then how, you know, B2B brands, how do they market on social media since so much of what they did was content marketing? You know, and if you're going to do some something really interesting as a brand and somebody else will steal that idea without citation, like what's going to happen to you? So like there are all of these really interesting rabbit holes I think you can go down uh, in that regard. I'm fo following that a lot. I think another thing that, uh, you know, is social media adjacent is thinking about social media ad dollars and where are those ad dollars going? Because we didn't really talk about it, but retail media which is just basically like all of the uh, media, that, all the places that you can advertise where people actually are transacting primarily, you know, on a site like an Amazon or a site like a Kroger.com, you know, if you're talking about a major grocer. I mean, there are dollars that are being moved over from uh, social to some of these retail media players. So uh, that's the thing I'm following closely and I find really interesting because why wouldn't you advertise in the place where they're transacting. I mean, it seems for a lot of brands, not all brands, but for a lot, despite the fact uh, that it's pretty expensive, it makes a lot of sense, right? Interesting. So the future of content marketing, future of AI, future of B2B marketers, if content marketing is taking a spin and then add dollars away from social media, uh, all of those definitely rabbit holes. Once you kind of start researching, you can get into it for hours and hours. So makes a lot of sense. Who are the people you follow on social media? Oh, man. So I have so many uh, executives that I try to follow uh, in part because I'm I'm generally speaking, I'm looking at a lot of different without like necessarily naming names, but targets for future interviews and or people who are raising large amounts of money within the performance marketing space within the MarTech and social media vendor space. So yeah, I, I wish that I had more time to uh, really pull the insights from people like Mark Schaefer, who I know you've spoken to, and who yeah. reviewed my first book. It's like, um, there's so many great people to follow. And I feel like, you know, not not hating on Twitter, but that, that's normally the place where I, I tend to uh, read uh, from people. And sometimes I feel like their algorithm is just a little off. And I don't see great people like Mark or Christopher Penn as often as I'd like, just because they're not popping up in my feeds as often. Yeah, you're right. Nothing you can do about it. It's a Twitter algorithm. Hopefully, it'll kind of go right someday. But wonderful. Jeremy, where can people find you online? Yeah, I think probably one of the best places is LinkedIn, you know, Jeremy Goldman, Futurist, whatever. I'm, you'll probably find me there if you uh, type that in. I also have a podcast called Future Proof, which I do in my spare time. I don't have a lot of spare time, but uh, I do that just so I can cover and get familiar with everything that is not insider intelligence related, so I can be a smarter analyst for when eventually our clients start asking us about it. So uh, you can look that up on uh, iTunes or wherever, uh, Future Proof Podcast. Do you have any books in the pipeline that you're writing? Oh, my God. I, I wish I had more time. I mean, do you, do you know how to manufacture time? I would love it. Like if an AI could help us with that, I feel like that's what we really need, right? Interesting. Yeah. Uh, million dollar question. Uh, if I knew the answer, man, uh, you and I would be like at a different place. Oh, my God. Absolutely. But like, listen, I never say never. I, I have a few ideas and I'm just trying to find the time. So, yeah. Wonderful. All the best with that. Thank you so much for your time, Jeremy. Uh, very insightful. 
you don't have a lot of time we understand but we'd love to kind of bring you back and deep dive into one or two topics and get into the rabbit hole amen thank you so much the art of social media is brought to you by social pilot to find out more about social pilot and how we can give you everything you need to hit your social media marketing goals visit socialpilot.co And then make sure to search for The Art of Social Media in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are found. Make sure to click follow so you don't miss any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Social Pilot, thanks for listening. <laughs>